You are listening to the On Fire Empire podcast, episode number 17. Welcome to the On Fire Empire. Each week, seasoned divorce and business lawyer, mediator, CEO, and surf diva Kelly Bennett will help you discover strategies and smarter paths to big results. As you listen, you may ask yourself, how'd Kelly know I was going through that? It may feel like she's a fly on the wall of your life. She's intuitive, direct, and on point. Kelly brings the amazing lessons from her life's work to the table to set you up for a blazing bright future. We firmly believe lasting empires happen when well-rounded leaders achieve personal happiness, live out their calling, and develop meaningful relationships. Now it's time to hear from Kelly and her crew of experts. Learn some new strategies, challenge your way of thinking, and get juiced about igniting your empire of a lifetime. The information provided in this podcast is for general interest only and not intended as legal advice, nor does it create an attorney-client relationship between you and Kelly. And now, here's Kelly. Today's show is brought to you by the On Fire Legal Crew in the Family Law Department of Bennett & Bennett, Southern California lawyers for your family and business needs. Visit Bennett and Bennett Law, where we help people in unhappy marriages recalibrate their lives and achieve what matters most. You can find Bennett and Bennett at bennettandbennettlaw.com or just look in the show notes where you'll find links to this sponsor. Well, hello, friends. We're back with part two of my interview with Jamie Buchanan McNeese. Before we get started, I wanted to share some feedback we received on iTunes from Sue Cates, Marriage and Family Therapist. Sue wrote, I'm very moved in listening to Kelly and Mindy talking about going the extra mile in making an emotional connection with their clients. Sue's referring to, I think it was episode one of the On Fire Empire podcast, where I interviewed my sister, Mindy, who works with cancer patients at the University of California, San Diego Medical Center. Sue went on to say, as one who often comes into contact with people in distress, I'm appreciating their ability to verbalize the power of coming alongside someone and undoing aloneness during very challenging times. I'm looking forward to hearing more episodes of On Fire Empire. Well, thank you, Sue, so much for that feedback. It's very helpful to us, and it informs us of the things that you love to hear about and learn about on the podcast. Well, last week we listened and unpacked Jamie Buchanan's journey through beautiful cancer and how Jamie decided to take control of her bladder cancer diagnosis, apply her strategic business approaches to it, and take charge of her own inner circle, which included helping her own son work through his deepest fears of possibly losing his mom. Because of Jamie's courage to have that difficult conversation with her son, he was able to make the shift from negativity to her supportive superhero. Now, as I said last time, Jamie wrote a book about her experience called Beautiful Cancer, and we talked about how to get your hands on your own copy of this great book. I'm going to include the link in the show notes at lawlovelife.com forward slash 017. That's lawlovelife.com forward slash 017. Check it out so you can see how you can get your own copy or get a copy of this fantastic book for a friend. 
All right, so let's continue with part two of A Journey Through Cancer with Jamie Buchanan McNeese. So, Jamie, what would you say to people who have very few people in their lives and those that they do have, whether they're going through cancer or something else that where they really need to shore up the positive and the good inner circle, and they're afraid to get rid of those one or two people because they're toxic, because that's all they've got. What would you say to those folks? I truly believe that we have the ability to help people treat us differently. And we can do it very graciously. And we can simply say things like, you know, I'm not comfortable with what you just said. Or it makes me, or I don't want to say it makes me uncomfortable, but essentially that's it, where we're saying, I have a problem when you say that. So we own it, that we're uncomfortable. So as a result, now we're starting to put boundaries and identify how we want this to continue, how we want this to move forward. I I had to learn how to express my need. And I had, that's one of the concepts that I talk about in the book is I had to learn how to receive. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> independent, <laughs> I'm a single person, I'm an entrepreneur, and so that made it really awkward for me to tell people I needed help. And I was very fortunate that I had girlfriends who, as soon as they knew I had cancer, they were right there for me, asking me, you know, what can I do for you? Tell me how I can help you. And in those scenarios, they did really special things for me. Jackie Steed, who is a one of my dearest <laughs> friends, very quickly knitted a hand-knit afghan for me. And so it wasn't just an afghan to me that was, I knew that that was her compassion and her love and her tears. So while I was recovering, that was, that was always on me. And I just felt like I was covered in love. My friend Nicole, who had gone through some grief counseling, the grief counselor taught her to say, tell me how I can help you. And when she said that to me, I thought, well, I really need help now that because this was right in advance of having a radical surgery to fix this. I said, I really need help letting go of what my life is now and preparing for a new normal. And so she stepped in and we had, we called it the say goodbye to the black string bikini ceremony. (laughs) I love this. I love this. I I read a little bit about it in the book. Oh, please go there. This is the best. (laughs) So so she made me a big dinner and this was the week before my surgery. My big surgery was scheduled. She made dinner. We drank champagne and then I put the black string bikini on one last time because I knew based on the surgery that I was going to have, bikinis were no longer going to be an option no matter (laughs) how good or bad I looked. So I put on my bathing suit, she put on hers, we poured more champagne, and we sat out under the stars on a cold winter night in her jacuzzi and just talked. And we talked about what I was anticipating and what did I think it was going to be like to go to the hospital and what did I think things were going to be like afterwards. And and there was a lot of I don't know, but just to get to be in that space and and just feel that sigh of relief and have this ceremony of saying goodbye to my old way of living. Mm. So that was phenomenal. So Jackie and, and Nicole did wonderful things. So I like to say that during this journey, my closest friends became like sisters. 
and my sister became my closest friend. Mm. So going back to your question of, you know, what about people who don't have that support? Right. It's you have to learn to speak up and to reach out and to ask for help. If it's related to cancer, if it's related to an illness, there is a phenomenal number of online support groups. Mm -hmm. And I gained a lot of support from, it was called Bladder Advocacy Network. And so where at first a lot of it was very scary because they have their own language. Once I went through the surgery, if I had questions, those were the people that I needed to go to for answers. And it was an online support it was group online. that you reached out to. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was provided a lot of relief. Since that experience, I've I've also discovered that the American Cancer Society can provide help. They can provide rides to and from doctors' appointments. They can help with some financial needs, and they can connect you to cancer resource centers in your region. And we're very fortunate that we have yes. Michelle's place. Let's talk about Michelle's okay. place for a moment. This is a perfect time to I know. do it. Okay. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, Michelle's Place was a breast cancer resource center. But Kim and I were at a women's business luncheon together, and my diagnosis had just changed. And so it was just a casual conversation. And, and I mentioned to her, I said, you know, I really don't know what to do with this new information. Who do I tell? Do I keep it private? I just, I don't even know how to process a diagnosis of this magnitude. And she just very calmly shared that people who keep it a secret or who try to go through this alone or privately suffer from PTSD later on. And just in that five-minute conversation, I just thought, well, let's not add PTSD to the rest of this. <laughs> I got enough going on. <laughs> so that afternoon, I went on to Facebook, yeah. and, and I let everybody know what my diagnosis was mm-hmm. and what the next steps were. And that I was referring to my cancer as an overachiever. And, you know, and it was kind of like, see on the other side. (laughs) The love and support that came in from that one post was just, I get choked up just thinking about it. I never knew that there were so many people in the community that loved me. And as a result, the number of people that wanted to help and wanted to participate and wanted to be part of the journey that was phenomenal. You had to let them love on you. Yes. And, and I had to learn to receive. Yes. And that is such a huge piece. I think, you know, a lot of folks, I'm not the kind of person who has a big group of really great friends. I'm a one or two really yeah. great friend kind of gal, right? And so for people who don't have those big groups and they think that they're on their own and they're trying to Lone Ranger it, it's sticking your neck out a little bit. But we always run into, you know, I think we've all been in the situation where somebody's had a death in the family or something's going on. And we find ourselves saying, if there's anything I can do, let me know. But how often do you get taken up on it? Right. And you did that. Yeah. You let people know that was sticking your neck out. And you said, okay, I'm going to take you up on it. And that receiving piece I think it's harder in many cases to receive than it is to give. It is, especially if you're very independent. And so I had to learn that when people said, Jamie, can I bring you dinner? Instead of doing a, oh, no, 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 I'm okay. I had to learn to say yes, please, and thank you. And so that was, again, that was a great experience. I also realized that there are a lot of people that want to participate in the journey with you. 
and they want to be part of your recovery. And so it, it would have been wrong for me to say no. There was a gal in, in our community at the time. She had just lost her mom, and she had lost her brother, and she was having a really hard time getting through that. And we weren't close friends. We were acquaintances. And she was following my journey on Facebook. And this was after the surgery, and I was housebound. And I had just received a big shipment of medical supplies. I mean, it, it was huge. There were boxes and boxes. <laughs> and, you know, this is what I was going to have to live with for the oh, rest of gosh. my life. Thinking, where am I going to put all this? And yes. what am I doing with all this? And, and I barely <laughs> shuffled down the hall. So she was she was insistent, Jamie, I, I want to help. I need to help. This would mean mm. a lot to me. And I go, great. Come on over. I have a lot of boxes. And so I sat on the side of my bed while she opened every box and showed me what was in it. And we figured out where to put it. And to this day, that's still where all, that's the places that those things live and get refilled. And, and I'm just so appreciative that Monica was willing to do that and that that was something that we could help each other with. Yeah. So yeah. she didn't just help me, but I was helping her. Absolutely. Well. It's just another facet. It, the more I hear your story, the more you share, the, it's like a, a diamond with all the different facets, yeah. you know, beautiful cancer. There's that beauty piece where you want to get the toxic folks out, but there's some very helpful, loving, positive people out there that In you, every community, you want to discover. All, all you have to do is ask. Right. And, and let them. Mm -hmm. And let them. I, I love that you created that opportunity. It was fantastic. Okay. So another thing that you said in the book was after your surgery, you had this aha moment where you realized that this was an opportunity now to hit the reset button. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? So I wasn't aware that that was going to be one of the gifts of this experience. It was, I'd say it was involuntary. So after my surgery, I was housebound for two months and I couldn't drive. I couldn't go anywhere. For the people who came to visit me, I was either in bed or I was in my easy chair. And there was a lot of discomfort. Prior to that, in our community, we have tons of networking events mm -hmm. and opportunities to socialize and happy hour with other business women or go to one of the wineries. There's a gala, an award ceremony. There's always something going on. Right. And so I was always showing up for those things. And, and I loved it. And I loved being a part of that. So then I had this two months where my calendar was wiped completely clean. And after that two months, then I had the opportunity to now be very conscious about what was going back onto the calendar. And in my case, my new normal is I part of the surgery was that they removed my bladder and now I have a stoma. I call mm -hmm. it my spare belly button. <laughs> and so four or five times a day, I have to use a catheter. I have like this whole medical kit that I travel right. with. And so that's how I take care of my fluid. I don't like using public restrooms to do that. Don't blame you. <laughs> it's, just, it's not my favorite. So when the, when the two months was over and I was able to start driving again and I was able to, you know, show up for coffee and lunch and things like that, I had to take into consideration where was I going to be when I was going to need to take care of this. Yeah. And then I had to ask myself, okay, is that event worth the anxiety and the difficulty mm -hmm. of having to use that public restroom? And so I was weighing the value. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of times the things that I used to do, 
I realized had no value. And so it was like, no, I don't think I'll do that after all. And so when, when I became very conscious and intentional about the things that I go to and participate in, I realized that, that I divide them into two categories. If I'm going to attend, it's because there's something I have to give to that situation. Right. It's right. a networking event where I, I have something to share with other people, or it's getting together for lunch with my favorite girlfriends, or going out to dinner with my son, things like that. That's something that where I have something I can give to that encounter. Or the other one is, if I go to that, is there something that I, ha- that I can receive? Is this, so I, I weigh that. Okay, if I attend that event, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? Am I giving or am I receiving? And if the answer is, actually, I'm getting nothing out of that, then it's, you know, I'd rather stay home and enjoy some nothing time. And so that was my reset button. And, and like I said, it was involuntary. But now that I have my new normal and I can sometimes go for six hours without having to pull out the medical kit, now I, I'm very intentional. Am I giving or am I receiving? Yeah. And how interesting that choice to live consciously really came up through this context. I mean, had you not had cancer, who knows if you would have gotten to that place, but I see that as so applicable to all of us mm-hmm. in our lives, right? Because how much of, were you were you surprised at how much you had been doing in your busy schedule yes. that really didn't mean anything yes. to you? I was I was absolutely shocked. So once I had more time, I was able to devote all of this new time to something else. Mm-hmm. I could grow my business. I could spend more time with my son. I could write a book. And so the end result was more of expanding who I was as a person. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 and I think that's truly, that's the bottom line is I got to expand as a person mm-hmm. when I stopped using that energy on something that didn't have a lot of value. Oh, I love that. And I, I think that's just such a great lesson for all of us to Take the time off where your calendar just got wiped clean, whether that's two months or a weekend, Yeah, just to stop. I'm reminded of a lot of what author Greg McCune says. I don't know if you've read the book, Essentialism. Really interesting. Now I'll read it. Okay. I'm telling you, (laughs) it is a life-changing book, but it's all about the essentialist focuses on what's important, why are we here, and we say no to most things and are very selective. It's a reset button on steroids. And I love that you did that. And thank you for modeling that and sharing it with the world through your book, because I think it's such a great tool, because that's what it's all about. We're either here to give, or there's something we need to learn, but all the rest is what? Noise? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and then, it, you know, taking that a step further, uh, I had to learn how to say no graciously. Yes. And, and I always felt like I needed to come up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the beginning it was, you know, I could use cancer. Uh, I'm still recovering. But now it's almost three years since the diagnosis. And now I'm very comfortable saying, um, thank you for the invitation, but I will not be able to attend. That's it. Good for you. I don't need to provide them with an excuse. Don't you think as women, let's go there on the gender stereotype, but let's just go there. Don't you think as women that is a really prevalent challenge, learning to just say no 
graciously, but because I don't want to. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? So. I, I, I know that as women, uh, and again, generalizing, but I'll go there. <laughs> we don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. Right. But then the... The flip side of that coin is, but now I'm hurting myself for fear that I'm hurting somebody else's feelings. And then I like to, to consider that's a lot of ego on our part to think that they're going to be devastated. Right. That we don't attend this, <laughs> you know, bunco party or right. whatever it is. Right. And so I, I think there's some ego involved in that when we're afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. And I if we can right. recognize that that's our discomfort and that they're going to have a great time at whatever that party is they're throwing, then you have to see both sides. Yeah, for sure. Well, before we go, I want to talk about this. This is your newest publication, Beautiful Cancer, the journal. This is so beautifully done. I love touching it, too. It's like suede. This is fantastic. Where can folks get both of these books? They're available on Amazon. It's on Amazon, yes. So you can search by Beautiful Cancer, or you can search by my name, Jamie Buchanan. And it's going to come up. So looking at this journal... I was commenting to you earlier today that I love that it's not, it's not an open book of lines. It's a guided journal. Can you talk a little bit about this? So it's, I, I went through, I, you know, I had this epiphany on a Sunday afternoon where I was then so excited that I could hardly contain myself. But I realized that the missing piece of my book was then helping people process the same experience for themselves. So I knew that The thing that had been most beneficial for me was my five minutes a day with cancer. And so I decided to put that in writing and and take each one of the steps in the book that would apply. And so it's not just things like, so kind of use, Darren Hardy is a big favorite of mine, where anytime you are reviewing your business week, he talks about what were your wins and your losses from the week before. And so Uh I had that same experience and, and processing that of, during cancer, what went well, what didn't go well, how can I change that this week? And so, by the way, the, as soon as you get diagnosed with cancer, everyone sends you a link to their protein powder. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, really? And, and if you'll, you know, drink alkaline water or whatever. And so I did recognize that as I was preparing for surgery, that the better condition my body was going to be in, then the easier the surgery would be. So I, ta- I talk about e- eating the right things. I include things like, what did you do to advocate for yourself this week? What is your most important doctor appointment or lab test? What is the next step in, in that? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a combination, I guess, of an emotional journey, a spiritual journey, and just the practicality of making your way through the medical process of cancer. Which is huge. It's huge. huge. I mean, it is the Wild West out there. And and again, you know, going back to Michelle's place, thank goodness that we have that Cancer Resource Center. And if anyone wants more information, they can contact you or right. I. We'll, we'll put it we on can, the show. Yes. We'll again put it on the show notes. So we'll we'll contact, put the links to Michelle's place. We're going to put those links to your your book and your journal and any other resources that you think we can offer to the listeners. Absolutely, we'll, we're going to put those up there. Okay, Jamie. very good. Yeah, so fantastic. Okay, so as we close, I loved what you said to me earlier when we were talking about your book in this interview. Can you just share a little bit about why you wrote this book? You said to me, 
I didn't write this book to make money. Right. Share with me a little bit about what you share what you said to me about that. Why what compelled compelled you to write the book and then the journal? So my experience was so awesome and amazing. I honestly assumed everybody else with cancer was having the same experience. And so I thought, you know, we need to put this in a book. We need to write essays and tell everybody it's not as bad as it sounds. And so I, I sent out requests to people who I knew had survived cancer. And I said, you know, write about some amazing aha moment. And I wasn't getting any feedback at all. Nobody had anything to offer me. Wow. And so uh. I thought that's when I realized that my experience was very unique. And so I am a health insurance agent. And one of the things in business is that when it comes to marketing, as the suggestion is that you write a book about your industry and position yourself as an expert as in your expert. industry. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, well, health insurance is about the most boring thing I can think of. <laughs> well, if you wrote that book, yeah. I'd probably read it. But anyone uh, else, who's best? <laughs> um, but so, so I thought, but I could write about cancer. And so initially it was, you know, I'm just going to write it and I'll make it available on Kindle and... And I'll just let people know that there's something else out there. There is a different story out there. And so my friends read it and they just, they're like, oh, Jamie, this is incredible. Can I get it in hard copy? I want to send it to somebody. And I thought, oh, well, let me figure out how to do that. Right. Did that real quick. (laughs) You know, self-publishing, anyone can do it. And then the intention became, yes, I want this to get to as many people with cancer as possible because I want the journey to be easier for them. And that's what the book is about, is let me tell you how easy it was for me. And I'll tell you, Kelly, there were even times where when the, first, when the book first came out, I was kind of embarrassed because I felt like, you know, well, I didn't have real cancer, real cancer. And I don't know where that came from, but it was... Interesting. I, I almost felt apologetic to women who had gone through you know, losing their breasts or, or things like that. And then I had to realize, wait a minute. Hello? Yeah, I travel with a medical <laughs> kit and I wear a, a, a medical bracelet. Yes, my cancer was very real and I do have a story. And so now it's, my goal is not to make money. I give the book away almost as much as I sell it. Mm-hmm. And if people were to email me and say, Jamie, would you send me a PDF copy? It's yes. What's your email address? Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I will say it's worth its weight in gold. Uh, you know, it's it's a perfect thing to buy. And by the way, sounds like you were having a little bit of that imposter syndrome going yes. on on writing yes. a book about cancer. But I'm glad you you blew through that and said, forget that. Yes. You know, let's let's get real. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, offer a few copies of the book and the journal, and I'll, I'll wrap up the show with, with how the listeners can get that. And I really think that whether you're going through cancer or you know somebody who's going through cancer, this is the perfect gift. It's a, it's a life-changing gift. And like I said before, even if it's not cancer, but it's something else that's a, a life, very challenging event, the concepts are just fantastic. So Jamie, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing yourself. We're also going to put links up to your, your I love your website, the health insurance lady. <laughs> but but it, it, there's no doubt in my mind that this was not an accident, that 
these circumstances happened to you. I know that you are being used by God mightily every day through this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Jamie, for sharing your journey and for reminding us all that sometimes you must become your own advocate and find others who've gone before you on a similar journey to help you along. That is so true. Now, about the book, Jamie's book, in my opinion, is a must read. Jamie was kind enough to share a number of copies with us here at Law Love Life, and I want to give you another chance to nab your own copy. So for the first three listeners who post on the Law Love Life Facebook page about this episode, episode number 17, I'm going to personally send you Jamie's book, Beautiful Cancer. So head on over to facebook.com forward slash law love life TV and post your thoughts about this episode for a chance to get the special book delivered right to your mailbox. And of course, I'll link to Jamie's book in the show notes. So if you didn't win it, well, you can still get your hands on it. And again, you can also order it for a friend that it would be a fantastic gift. So one last favor, would you please head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and subscribe and also leave me a review. This really helps us get our content out there to those who need it. And it also helps me know what you like and what you don't like. For help on subscribing and leaving a review, head on over to lawlovelife.com forward slash 017. There's an easy link there with all the information you need. So friends, I really appreciate you partnering with me to spread the news and thank you for the bottom of my heart. I'm hoping that Jamie's story touched yours and gives you some really good insights to think about as you handle challenges in your life's journey. So until next time, live with gusto and ignite your empire. Ciao.